Welcome to the Live Exposed podcast. This is the podcast that is designed to help you break free from the fake life you've been living and live in actual freedom, the life you were actually meant to live. We're so glad you tuned in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do love what we're talking about, please hit the subscribe button, follow us. Also, uh, be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family and help them experience the life that they were meant to live. So, here to help you navigate your path to freedom is the host of the Live Exposed podcast, Mr. Reggie Brock. Well, hello again and welcome back to this episode of Live Exposed. I am Reggie Brock. And as I say every week, and I'm going to say it as long as they give me breath on this podcast, I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join me in this 30-minute journey every week. Guys, you know what it's produced. It's produced life. It's produced liberty. You guys have let me know that there are things that you have battled with for years that you're finally breaking through and from. And listen, we all know that this is not an overnight kind of process. Some of us have got ourselves buried into some things that have taken us time to get out of. But guess what? You're getting out. And that's what I'm excited about. Thank you for talking to me about your progress. And I'm grateful that growth has become something more important to you than just hearing about it, but you're actually pursuing it. And so many of us, including myself, have been bogged down and tethered to a past that has kept us from really being who we were born to be. Do you hear what I said? You know, we're born to be something. And the fact of the matter is, sometimes we make early decisions that really keep us from being who we were born to be. But can I tell you this, as long as you've got lungs in your, uh, I'm sorry, as long as you've got air in your lungs, there's a chance to start over and fix what mess you're in. I mean, you guys know I've chronicled, I've talked about this for years. I've made horrible mistakes that have affected a lot of different people. But you know what? That's not what my legacy is. I am living the legacy now that I want to leave, that you'll remember me by. And I'm hoping that it'll be positive, it'll be edifying, it'll be encouraging, it'll enable you to take a chance on restarting your life again. So thank you once again for being with me. Guys, you know this is... My, I think my 34th week and the first, I think, 30 of mine were strictly just me getting on here and really throwing up on you what's in my heart. And I've now shifted uh, beginning two weeks ago and having some folks on. And the theme that I've decided is that I wanted to talk about moments that matter. When I hear something from someone or I talk to someone and it stirs me, I'm going to put them in front of you because I want you to be stirred like I was. Now, again, this stirring that I'm talking about is not just for your own, you know, happiness and contentment and joy, but it's really so that you will take action on what you hear because I believe it can transform your life. And today I am bringing on new friend of mine that I'm just now starting to get to know, but I've been watching him now for the last six months. i kind of been stalking you, Benny, and I've I've kind of been watching and listening and absorbing his content. I've met him a couple of times. We spent some time 
uh, talking, and I'm just, he, he said some things to me that have inspired me, and I wanted to bring Benny Fisher on with me today. Benny, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing well, man. That was a great intro. <laughs> Benny uh, owns Big Fish Contracting. Is that right? Tell me yep, what that is. Big Fish Contracting, a residential roofing company in Pittsburgh, PA. Pittsburgh, PA. You a Steeler fan? No. I grew up a Browns fan, and I uh, migrated over to Pittsburgh, so I'm still a Browns fan, which everybody gets to make a little bit of fun of me for. So. <laughs> uh, it keeps the banter very nice against, against me and the other Pittsburghers around here. So. <laughs> Well, I saw something just a minute ago that I wanted to ask you about. On your, I, I think it was one of the, uh, uh, well, the signature actually on your emails, and it said visionary. That's an interesting word to me. When you put that down, what does that mean to you, and why would you put that as a part of maybe introducing yourself to somebody? Well, it's partly because I read a book called uh, traction and EOS and they talk about yeah. the relationship of the visionary and the integrator but even before I read that book you know in my mind and in my heart I always had a vision and a path of what I thought my future looked like and it was never really that clear until about two years ago um, when I actually you know read that book and then it made a lot of sense I took everything I've, I've, I've learned from the last you know 39, 40 years before that and kind of put everything together. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. I'm a visionary. I have a vision for my life. I know where I want to head. I got to create a vision big enough for the, for the people that, that are in my, that's in my company and that's in my life and the people that are circled around me. I have to be able to create enough vision so that way all of them can kind of put their visions inside of my vision and we can march together. And, uh, and I always love, I'm optimistic. I love thinking about the future. Sometimes I think about the future too much. And sometimes people tell me I'm not in the present enough, but you know what? There's a lot of people still living in the past. And, and that's one thing that I've never actually just hung on to is I've, I've, I've learned about my past and I know that's where I come from, but I don't dwell in my past and, and I'm always looking forward. So how, when you have a vision or as a visionary, how does that even start with you that you can kind of formulate into words and, and share with people that can affect their lives as well? How do, what does that process look like? Well, it's more difficult for me, uh, I think, than a lot of other folks. You know, I, I struggle. I have ADHD, which, you know, my mind is, you know, usually in a thousand different places. But because of that, I'm able to get really, really creative and I'm able to have thoughts um, in my mind about like what I think the future looks like and then I can use different things especially like at work when it comes to companies I'm able to like think about like 10 years out and then and then three years out and then one year and then 90 days and then two weeks and then one week and then what do we got to do today to get there and I think I just take everything that I've learned over the past everything I've learned and saw over the past you know 40 years and I'm able to like kind of see things more clearly than ever before and every year that goes on I get to see things even clearer and clearer and I know that you know when I get a little bit older it'll even get clearer and I'm and I'm hoping that I don't get too old one day that one day the lights are going to go out obviously <laughs> and then I'm not going to see anything but you know heaven one day so yeah but yeah I think that's really what it comes it comes down to I think it's and I'm still kind of working that out, getting it all on paper and being able to like clearly articulate it. Yeah. I think more in full color and in images, 
you know, and they, you know, all the business people want you to write your plans down on paper and with like notes and an outline. And for me, that's a little clunky um, because I see things like in, in four dimensions, like in I want to be yeah. able to somehow one day hire a graphic designer or somebody that makes movies or something to be able to say, hey, this is what 10 years looks like. So go sell it to my people so we can just watch a tape so they can see what's in my head. Because if they saw what was in my head, they'd be running towards it because it's beautiful and it's awesome. And I do it, I do it such injustice when I get up in front of people and speak about it. Uh, and I try to get better and better. And, and I and I do because my company tells me that, oh man, it's clear and clear. And then they get more excited about it. Because when I first started my company, they're like, what the heck are we doing? And I'm like, I don't know, man, just treat people good and we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> So do, do you think that that's a role that every company should have someone leading in? I think that, yes, I think that if they're not, that means it's going to be hard for them to grow. And we all know the saying, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I think that if you really want to be able to invest in people, that you have to invest in their future and you have to have a place for them to go and you have to have a place for them to be able to achieve and you have to have a place where they can feel good at and you have to you know you don't want to have to lose people and if you can create a compelling enough future for people you know your people will stay with you and they will and they'll be loyal and you'll be able to get your mission done because without people you know i I feel like it's impossible to get anything done well that's the simple and version that i was looking for i think we can make things really really complex and basically what you just told me is you want your people knowing where you're going (laughs) and why and so um, I, I, I didn't really want to talk about today, but I saw it on your signature right before we popped on here. And I just wanted to ask you what that meant, because I think that word's important. Bible's pretty clear about something. Without vision, people perish. And so I think having someone leading the way and seeing things that before they get there, right? I mean, that, that's a part of a vision there. You know, I see things before it gets here. And then being able to impart that to people as a confidence builder and really, you know, having um, uh, the preceding word, so to speak, that comes before people so that there is a purpose and there's a reason and there's a direction and there's a definition behind it, I think is critical. I'll tell you one time when my people thought I was a genius was right before COVID. We had already been starting to use Zoom and we had already been doing, I would, I was, I sold a lot of roofs back in my day without even meeting a customer before. Um, and when COVID happened, we were already ready to roll and we, and we had two record months, uh, right out of the gate, um, because we were able to do customer calls via zoom and do, uh, contactless appointments, uh, cause we already had drones in the air. And, yeah. and when that happened, there was a lot of people in my company said, wow, like there's so many other companies out here that just aren't working. They're, they're not, they're not advancing and we're over here thriving and like doubling in size because we already had those systems in place. And, and there's a lot of other things too, that I see, and I can't explain it. I don't know if it's just, you know, maybe I was born with it, but it's, there's something inside of me. And then when I read that book, by Gino Wickman traction and rocket fuel, it basically a lot, it gave me permission because it was a big word, right? You know, like there's a lot of people out there in the world that that are called like you know guys that are billionaires that like they call them visionaries. So I was always afraid to kind of use that word. But when that book said, "No, you have to be the visionary for your company," yeah, because your people need to know where they're going. I'm like, it gave me permission to use the term. I've been using it ever since. I feel good. It's kind of like I've kind of unleashed that power inside of me and 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 just kind of led a little bit a little bit stronger. 
if you haven't read those two books, you need to get them. They're fantastic books. They're not just inspiring, but very technical too. And really helping you to kind of roll out uh, and, and beginning with a new way to think. Um, and so get those books. And, and I don't want to, I, I really don't want to stay on this, but I, I'm, I just keep coming back to this. I, I would like to tell you if you're listening to this today and fear has kept you from dreaming some of the things that hold us back are just tied to a fear of try. I mean, did it, would you, we have tried before and some of you have failed and it's been miserable. And so there's that flinch in you that makes you go like, oh my God, if I do this again, how many ways can I embarrass myself? And I think if what I'm, I want to speak over you today is try again. If that is in you I'm asking you to speak it out. And I think that your, your faith, if you will, that step out will allow you to find a new place and a new way and for other people as well. Benny, is there anything on that I've, I've missed? Are you good with that? I don't know what happened. I just got disconnected, but uh, we're still re we're re recording. Just keep going. We'll edit it. Yeah, that's okay. That's good. <laughs> All right. So everybody, this is kind of what I wanted to get to today. I, I have this weird kind of, I don't know if it's a talent or it's a, what it is, but I just lately I have started becoming interested in the parts of people that nobody else knows. I mean, when I met you, I, I mean, because I, I think tendency-wise, we go to these conferences and we hear these big personalities like you and talking about great things. But there was a Benny before the Big Fish contractor. And that's the one I got really, really interested in. I've met people recently to where I'm like, I want to know the you before you got here, right? Because... Who you are today has so much to do with the experiences in life you've had before. So you and I have talked a little bit about that. Before you became the guy that people are wanting to come and speak, I mean, you do great things. You're already doing great things with Beacon. I mean, you're speaking at events they won't even ask me to come speak at as an employee. <laughs> <laughs> they they were they they were nice enough to have me at the IRE on a panel. I was there. They were Justin right. and, uh, and EZ, and that was uh, that was really cool. It was really special for them yeah. to be able to invite me up there because I'm just a small contractor from Pittsburgh. You know, like a big convention like that. I was like, whoa! That, but it was really cool, man. Yeah, it was awesome. So, tell us a little bit just about how you got here. I mean that. That's, and I mean, you know, I don't want this an all day affair, but I mean, there are things in your life that I know that have happened that we've talked about that really shaped you into the man you are today, the leader you are today. And see, I think sometimes people forget that who you are today is really spelled out in who you were yesterday and the days before. It's just what led up to this that has made you so confident, inspiring, and motivational in your mind. Well, I'll keep it quick. We we'll go over the bullet points, and then if you want to drill deeper, we can. Um, grew up in Canton, Ohio. Uh, mom and dad got divorced when I was five. Mom got remarried when I was seven. Um, so I had two dads, and they're, and they're both you know really good dads. Two different types of people, though. 
Uh, I also had ADHD growing up, and uh, you know my parents didn't really know what to do with me. The kids, the teachers at school didn't know what to do with me. You know I talked a lot. I'd get my test done in five seconds, and then be busy ch ch chatting. And always wanted to seek people's approval, right? Always wanted everybody to love me. Uh, got saved at, at the young age of seven years old at Camp Baptist Temple, and, and I remember that day like it was yesterday when uh, I accepted the Lord as my personal Savior. Mm -hmm. Went to church every every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday night. I was at every church thing imaginable. My mom and grandma made sure I was there. And then 18 came, and I got to make my own decisions. And I decided, you know, I was going to try to go to college because I, I would have been the first person in my family to, like, go and, and graduate with a four-year degree. But, you know, college wasn't for me, and I dropped out and went and got an apartment and went and started selling cars. And I saw a job, you know, posting that, you know, you can make hundred grand a year. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to show my mom I can go make money. I don't have to go to college and I'm going to go do this. And, you know, I went and trained with, with in car sales and got fired like four or five different times. And I learned a lot of good things about sales, but a lot of bad things about, you know, humans uh, at the same time. You know, it wasn't the, the most pleasant place to be. I got a, a very rude awakening. I, I was never around anything bad, per se, in life up until that point. I saw a lot of drinking and a lot of smoking and a lot of talking bad and, and it um, never could really fit in um, because I was always trying to ask a lot of questions. I always thought there was a better way to do things. And, and at that point, you know, a lot of these managers and my bosses, they weren't really, they aren't like they are nowadays. You know, they weren't like very helpful and they weren't really accommodating. Um, and because of my ADHD and because of their personality at the same time, it was, it was a recipe for disaster. So I got fired multiple times, ended up hanging out with some of the wrong people in my later 20s. And ended up, um, I tried tried drugs for the first time when I was like 25, 26 years old. And, and, and I told one of my friends about it. And he said, hey, can you get me some of that? And I was like, yeah, sure. I, so I went to my friend. The next thing you know, I'm selling drugs. Because for the first time in my life, somebody actually wanted something that I was, that I was doing. And, and it was horrible. It was, wow. a, it was obviously a bad situation. And, you know, it was low-level stuff, you know, nothing big. I wasn't Pablo Escobar or anything. But, um, you know, one time uh, I got mixed up with the wrong crowd and, and had to go downtown one time, and I got robbed. And I got my car stolen, and I've never been around any type of trouble like that. I was, you know, I was the guy that was hanging out at, like, you know, nightclubs and, like, not, like, in the ghetto. And I got robbed. I got pistol-whipped over the back of my head, left for dead. And, you know, it was uh, it was a rude awakening. Right. And I was like I was embarrassed. I was shamed. I, I still I don't even know if my mother still knows about that story. I told her I got I got in a car wreck. And that's why that my side of my head was kind of cracked open because I was embarrassed. I didn't want her to tell her that I was a failure. And um, but because I didn't really have any other options, because I didn't really feel like going to get another job where someone was going to treat me bad. I, I went back out and, and I kept selling drugs a little bit for a couple of years and. And eventually got um, in trouble. Uh, someone set me up to get out of their own trouble, and I got two felony counts. And um, you know, as soon as that happened, then I had to go tell my mom because I got kicked out of my apartment. They took everything I had. I had to go move in with my sister, and you know, back to church. And that was the time that I finally, you know, got back into church. Um, partly because I had to, but partly, you know, and I learned a lot while I was there. I started doing some audio video stuff for them and, and recording some sermons onto the internet. And that was my community service. And luckily I had a good family and a good pastor and, and I was able to be spared from, I uh, thank God, because that I don't well. think I would have done well in, uh, in prison. I did have, uh, you know, these felonies on my record and I, you know, and I was working at a telemarketing job, 10 bucks an hour. This is like 2009. 
And I was like, just thinking to myself, wow, like God spared my life. I'm still alive and I got to rebuild this thing. And, you know, at the time, all that I thought about growing up using my mom, you know, they never had enough money. They always worked hard. There was never enough. And I kept thinking, I got to go out and do something more. I got to go out and be somebody. And I was just, I was just, I couldn't, I didn't think there was a way out. And, uh, I thought I was just destined to be like at this, you know, cubicle job working with these, you know, these people that I knew that I was, I had a bigger purpose, but I, I couldn't figure out how to get out. And then my, one day my uncle calls and he was been in roofing in, in Pittsburgh for about, I don't know, probably back then it was probably 20 years. Uh, ever since he got out of college, he went to Bob Jones and Liberty yeah. university. And then he became a roofer. And, um, at that time he had started his own commercial roofing company and he knew I was, you know, pretty decent at sales. And he's like, Hey, I need somebody to come help me sell roofs. So I moved to Pittsburgh and I thought, wow, I said, this somebody, somebody cares about me. Somebody believes in me. And my mom, she was like, what if he can't pay you? What if Friday comes and he can't, you know, just can't you just get a regular job? This is a little bit scary. And, and my mom was always very protective of that, but she always wanted me to play it safe. And there was just something inside of me that never wanted to play it safe, almost to the opposite rebellious way. It's probably one of the reasons why I went so far the other way, I think, in life. Um, I'm not blaming her. I'm just trying to, you know, make sense of the, my personality with her personality yeah. and the kind of the way I was. But my uncle believed in me and he taught me roofing. Uh, he was old school though, man. He didn't have a CRM. He didn't have any technology. I wasn't allowed to use Eagle view, man. It was, it was rough. I, I, I learned all these things and I was like, Hey, look, we can measure roofs for like 20 bucks and I don't have to like, you know, sweat on a drawing anymore. And he's like, ah, oh, kid, if I gotta, if I gotta pay them, I don't need to pay you to measure roofs. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, all right, well, um, so I did that for a little while and that's how I kind of got in the, the roofing industry. And then I also started helping out the chamber of commerce because then they, you know, they wanted me to volunteer and I thought it was cool. They asked me to be on the board of the chamber of commerce. Well, here I didn't, you know, I didn't know what that entailed. I was just happy. Somebody asked me to, to do something. So I started learning about small business. I really got uh, interested in social media marketing. I started a couple Facebook pages for some small businesses downtown uh, in uh, the Monongahela area, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. And and I was doing that. And, and then I was getting back to my ways where like, I felt like I was at the car dealership again. My uncle was getting a little bit short fused with me. He didn't want to grow. He didn't want to have lots of crews. And I, I would have to stop selling things in September because he'd be booked up and he'd tell me to slow down, kid, you're selling too much. And then so I'd start going and sell more websites and social media. And, and one thing led to another and he ended up firing me. You know, it's kind of like working with families kind of tough. You know, it was five years. I had just gotten married the year before and had a baby. I had uh, just I had just had a house. You know, I just bought my first house. I had a one year old at home and, and I was faced with a challenge of what do I do? And, and at the time, that whole five years, you know, I didn't do any drugs. I, um, you know, I wasn't living the most purest life, but I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing any drugs. I started my company by myself. Um, Beacon helped me out. GAF helped me out, got me started. I uh, knocked on a couple doors, sold a couple jobs, and we're all retail too. There's no storm in here. And uh, then started running some ads and was really successful my first year. I did like 1.3 million in business, but it got really hard after I hired my first couple of people because I knew I couldn't do it all by myself. And two years in, I started doing the drugs again and just to kind of take the pain away. And I was trying to keep that facade up to the rest of the world, to my to my wife at the time, to my family at the time, to everyone in Pittsburgh. You know, no one had any idea, you know, maybe except for a couple, you know, friends that I had made, you know, that I was struggling with this with this thing. And 
in 2017, I had just moved into a half a million dollar house, man, had all the nice vehicles and I was living the dream. And I, uh, and I went to, and I went to take some drugs, uh, after a game of golf one day, uh, before I was going to a fantasy football draft and I took the wrong kind, I guess. And, uh, I OD'd and I, uh, wow. hear the doctors tell me it was fentanyl. They pumped two shots of Narcan into me and, you know, and I was one of those guys that always would read the news articles and like, you know, not make fun of people like that, but like how oh, that can't happen to anybody. You know, how's that happen to anybody? Like, what are they crazy? Well, here it happened to me. And I was in suburban America and I was like, they literally ushered me out on a, I, I was, I was dead. I mean, I woke up in the back of an ambulance gasping for air. And I realized at that time what happened and about how much shame came over me. I remember being in ICU and I remember then the next thing you know, my mom had come over from Pittsburgh, rushed over there. And I was just, you know, it felt like all the way back to the time that, you know, I was, you know, got caught selling drugs, got busted over the head. Like all those memories came back. I'm like, man, Ben, you did it again. You did it again. And I remember, how am I going to rebound from this? How am I going to figure this out? Because, like, you know, I kept thinking, like, the whole world is against me. I don't know what to do. Like, I keep getting myself in all these problems. And I, uh, I just figured a way out. And I figured, like, you know what? I got to stop. And I, and I looked inside the roofing industry. Believe it or not, I was looking for answers on how I could run my business better because I thought most of my problems were because I'm doing all the work and, I, and I'm trying to carry the load and I care about all these people and I care about my customers but I can't keep doing it all. And I don't have good systems and processes. And I met a guy named Ryan Groth and he taught me about how to, how to sell, how to train people on how to do sales. And I was able to do that. I was able to elevate to where I didn't have to do any more of the sales. I was able to train a sales team. Then I was able to read those books. I mentioned EOS and rocket fuel. I was able then to really grow the organization to have departments to where today, uh, I am, uh, you know, I'm really just working four hours a week doing a couple Zoom meetings with the leadership team. And uh, but COVID came and I, I had to come myself. You know, I was in a very unhealthy marriage. Uh, a lot of it, I'm sure, was me. Right. You know, I'm sure, sure I put that girl through a lot. I uh, but it wasn't healthy. Right. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. a good thing. And I decided to end that relationship up. Uh, totally just making sure that I was living my best life for Ben. And I wanted to make sure that I, I gave myself a shot because I knew that I finally had to start taking care of myself. And I started investing in myself with coaches and therapists. And I got back in and to go into church and back into the word of God. And I met a new girl in a relationship and, and things, and I lost 70 pounds during COVID and, and, you know, now just the last couple of months, um, I've been able to like, just, you know, I have a new passion and a new desire to help contractors specifically, um, and, and just hopefully inspire people to just do more. And, and that's kind of a little bit of my story. Powerful, Benny. And I appreciate you opening up and sharing. You said two things that I want to talk, just dive quickly into. We got four or five minutes left to hear, but you said two things that I think resonate. I know resonate with me. And it may resonate with some people who are listening to this today. You said, I just wanted someone to want something I had. I wanted, somebody said to you, they were, I think when you were talking about the people buying drugs from you, you had something they wanted and it created even a false level of security. It created some security with you. But here's the one that really got me. When you said, finally, your uncle, that somebody believed in you. Guys, listen, I know some of you here in this broadcast today have battled with that same sense of rejection. I think that's what it is, Benny. 
Yeah. And then he rejected me five years later, which was the ultimate craziness too. Like that's what drove me to super like succeed even like at a higher level. See, I think, I think there's more people out there than want to say that are just struggling with approval and acceptance. I, I, I think they've been rejected. They've never had anybody really encourage them and believe in them. If it has, it's been short lived. And, you know, there's this hunger inside of people to really have a stamp of approval from important people put in their lives. And so, guys, I'm telling you today, Benny, I want you to talk about this as we close, but I'm going to speak this over to you guys today who are listening to this this podcast. You are enough. And you've got to find people to celebrate you. Now, that does not mean that we have... You're, you're all you can be. It doesn't mean that you don't need to improve. It doesn't mean that you can't get better. But what it means is you've got to start with the building block in your head of, hey, I am who I am. I'm unique. And find people and stay around people who will celebrate the life and the growth that you're experiencing. Benny, talk to these guys as we close about you know, dealing with maybe some of these approval and acceptance issues and, you know, what you've learned and maybe uh, speak some life over them today uh, about how finding the right people may help them. Well, just know that I believe in you. And I, and I think that I've been obsessed with believing in people my, my whole life now. And even more so now that I have the reins to actually be able to actually really breathe, you know, training and life and, and, and giving hope to people. Because every single person that came to my company obviously left another company for a reason and when i hired them you know i believed in them and i and i haven't really lost too many people that i wanted to keep i can tell you that yeah and and through the training that i've had through you know coaches and counselors and therapists and and, and going to church and you know listening to like tony robbins one of the greatest things that i've ever heard is when i went to a tony robbins conference and and he told me about i am the voice you know i will lead not follow I will believe, not doubt. You know, I'm a force for good. I'm a force for God. I am a leader. Defy the odds. Set a new standard. Step up. <laughs> and like to me, like he was just saying that right there. I got the hair raises up on my arm because, wow. like, when you can unleash that inside of you, and when and, and other people see that, and other people start to believe, it creates like a it creates a movement. And for me, it's a small movement, right? It's 20, 30 people in my company and it's some of the people around me and some of the people that may follow. And I always want to be that voice of op- hope um, because, you know, not a lot of people believed in me, you know, and, and now they're starting to believe in me, which is it's always kind of funny. You know, it's like, you know, the, like I always call it, I'm like the overnight success, right? But it wasn't overnight. And, uh, and I still don't even think I've arrived yet at all. Like I still, th- I'm scrapping and clawing for every yeah. little thing I got because I think people are coming to take it. And I still kind of live in, in that world where, you know, I'm trying to figure out what my heaven why is. And I'm also running for my hell why, you know? And yeah. it's like, it's like this real battle in my mind, but I'm getting to a place now where I, I don't worry about like what I'm running from. Now I, ru- I worry about what I'm running towards. Mm, that's and, and that's and that's and that's what I love about life right now. And it's uh, but it's took a while to get there, and uh, it takes a lot of work, but it can be done. So let me tell you this, Benny. Thank you. I, I look forward to getting to know you more, and I appreciate today you really uncovering yourself 
and letting people know who you were before everybody recognized you, right? And uh, I think I appreciate what you're doing for the industry. Um, and um, guys, listen, take this as encouragement today and an opportunity for you to do as Benny's done and I've done and many, many others have, and that's you can overcome. Your limits do not have to define you. You can transcend them. You can move past them, generally not by yourself. You need to get people around you. Benny, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. Guys, until next week, God bless you. If I can ever help you, please reach out to me. Oh, by the way, Benny, how can how can people get a hold of you? Uh, what's the best way? To, I know you're all over social media. Yeah, yeah. And one other thing before I, I give you where you can find me at yeah. is repair those relationships, right? Uh, Ask for yeah. forgiveness. Have grace because at the end of the day, I've forgiven every single human in my life and it is the best, it's, it's the most freeing thing. Me and my uncle have a great relationship now. Uh, it took a couple years, right? And, and I think it took, you know, a little bit of, of heartache in our family. My brother was shot in the back of the head. My cousin committed suicide over the last couple years. Um, I've been, been running my business the right way. I've made him proud as, you know, as far as a roofing owner. And you can repair relationships and you can be give, you can be forgiven. You can forgive others. And when you do that, you'll be set free. But you can find me at Benny Fisher on Facebook, Benjamin Fisher on LinkedIn, BigFish.Benny on Instagram. You can email me, Ben, at TheBigFishCO.com. <laughs> Guys, thanks again. I'll talk to you next week. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Live Exposed with Reggie Brock. In fact, if you did, go ahead and rate the podcast and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. We also would love if you subscribe to the podcast and also shared it with your friends and family. They would probably enjoy it as well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week as we continue down the journey that leads to ultimate freedom through living the life that you were meant to live.